to the fifth ever episode of Pin Drop in the Blob. Back at it again in a different studio now. Yes. Well, firstly, welcome our amazing guest, Steph. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, Daniel here mentioned we have a new studio. Please explain to us your environment right here. Uh, so, uh, we are in Eric's humble home, his uh, community centre in the hills. Yes. Um, and uh, his, uh, one of his roommates moved out, so there's a, you know, you know, but empty bedroom that we're just sort of sitting in. So we're no longer in the car, we've leveled up, we've got a studio now. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to all of you Pin Drop and the Blob listeners out there. We uh, have um, a, a, a nice new studio to be in. Yes, all the support. <laughs> so, Steph, please explain to us, why are you here? What is your passion? What are you doing? Well, that's a very, that's a very maybe existential question. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. No. Um, so, well, Eric and Daniel asked me to come on. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a vet now. So, I've... Recently graduated and yeah. working with animals, um, lots of new experiences, mm-hmm. lots of stressful, stressful things, and lots of fun things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also we just watched UFC. So, um, do we want to take a sec to talk about that? We can do. We can do. <laughs> I, I, I think we should actually. We're all just yeah. here after we watched UFC Fight Island, UFC Two Fifty One. I think. Yes. Uh, three title fights. Three title fights. We all got together with a bunch of boys and watched it together with some GYG burritos in support of Jorge Masvidal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, sadly, our guy. Wait, no, d- okay. This is gonna be released next week. Damn, man, there might be people who are, who are behind. This is, this yeah. is a week in advance. I feel like most of our listeners aren't just fans anyway. I feel like they're going to fast forward through this. Wait, let, let's, let's start off by talking about there's a fight island. Yes. Yes. What a genius idea, <laughs> right? So yeah. The thing is, they had it in the arena, so it was exactly the same as if, if they didn't tell us it was on an island, you know, every day. Yeah, it's not the same. We wouldn't have yeah. done it, so it just looked mm. like an arena. Yeah. Um, but apparently they, 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 they have this entire island to avoid, you know, Rona restrictions in the US or something <laughs> like that. I think it's all, all around the world. It's like, most people don't let um, non-citizens enter the country. True. So yeah. they bought an island called Yas Island. Yas! Yas. <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> Abu Dhabi, so that they can fly people in. Oh, dude, have you seen the videos of the flights? They're oh, no, just so pimped out. Like they have, everyone's got like leg, like leg room. Yeah. They've got people walking around. It's like, oh, it's insane. Check it out. Okay. <laughs> I saw Mars walking around in like a, a Versace pink bathrobe. Yeah, that happens too. Look, oh, the people in UFC gosh. are adults. They're characters. They're a bit insane. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so Steph, you mentioned that you're a vet. Um, from For those who know you, you love animals. You are strongly passionate about animals. Mm. If, if anything, I've seen you... Um, fight people about like animal rights before oh not fight not UFC next fight island but yeah where did this start from why do you like animals more than humans explain whoa uh, <laughs> okay so oh, I'm getting better at loving humans more but uh, I think it started probably uh, when I was when I was a kid my mum would, would kick my dad out of the house and be like take Stephen and do stuff 
Yeah. Um, see, you need to add the button. Yeah. Like, my mom keeps my dad out. <laughs> and so I only had animals. <laughs> <laughs> only talk Stink to animals. Stop tipping from the Hold on, let me lie down. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, my dad would take me to the, the, the zoo in Egypt, which was oh, not, not that great, but, you know, yeah. it was there. Okay. Um, he'd take me maybe... Once every two weeks, once a month, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's so cute. Got friendlier with the keepers, got mm. friendlier with the animals. Um, so they like, take me up back sometimes. Oh. Um, How old were you in this? Ooh. I moved here when I was four. Oh, so, so I was pre four years old. Yeah. Okay, wow. Cool. And you still remember this? No. Okay, nice. <laughs> my dad does. So, so you speak anecdotally. Like, I speak My anecdotally. dad told me I loved animals. Yeah, basically. No, but they, they'd go through picture books with me with like yeah. animals oh, and things. Cute. And then um, come moving here, we have our, our treasured Steve Irwin. Yeah. Um, so I'd watch all of, all of his videos. And he's like running around in a, in a Toyota yeah. trying to catch crocodiles and animals and stuff. So I love that. Um, and then... Next was David Attenborough. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I was that weird kid at, in primary school that like, instead of playing sport at lunch, I'd like run around with books about bugs and try to look for bugs. Wait. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, you know how in Australia you got like those like spider holes yes. all over the field? Oh. Don't tell me. Yeah. So we'd like, uh, maybe it's a little bit cruel, but we'd we'd run around with sticks and try and like pull the spider out and get a look at the spider. Yeah, no. Wait, you sick. said we as in there a group of you guys? Oh, me and my best mate. Oh yeah. my gosh. Is your best mate now a vet too? No, he's oh. he's not. Um, okay. he's he's realized he's seen the light. Um, what is he? What does he do? Uh, I think he's in real estate now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> One sold out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was that weird kid and then hit high school, Yeah, started doing science and then that's when it got juicy. Oh. Yeah, got to learn about them. Oh, okay. So from an early age, you were really mad into animals. So what, at what age do you reckon you knew I want to work with animals for the rest of my career? Ooh, I reckon from kindy. Ooh, damn. I, 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 knew, so. I knew I wanted to work with animals. Yeah. I didn't know what. Yeah. Um, my dad was like, what's this, zoologist? <laughs> nah, no, not enough. Not enough. You can't. You can't make enough with that. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> so it must be fed. <laughs> Your dad told you, Kitty. Like, he's like, look, Stephen. I found it. Veterinarian, <laughs> animal doctor. Oh <laughs> my! <laughs> um, yeah. So you've been on this path since Kitty. That's insane. I, I knew early. Yeah, I knew early, Damn. which was. Or I, I didn't necessarily know what specifically with animals, but I knew animals. Animals. Yeah. All right. We've had this discussion with a number of previous guests, as in, you know, this, the, the discussion of like, at what point did you know you wanted to do this from, you know, the rest of your life or your career or whatever? Mm-hmm. Some people have said, you know, oh, um, I only, like, Ken last week, you know, after changing careers, we did this out of, you know, a convenience of the, the lifestyle that would come about because of this job. But you seem to have had developed a passion for animals early. And so, um, what would you say sort of drives you now? What sort of gets you out of bed um, to, you know, go to your, you know, drive a long way to your clinic and get, you know, you know, step in poo and, you know, do all this other mm. stuff. What drives you? What gets you out of bed? Um, okay, a few things. Yeah. Uh, stepping in poo is not that bad. Uh, <laughs> I think this is all relative, bro. I think we all have different ideas <laughs> about De- bad. Depending on the poo. Okay. So, like, 
Plant eater poo. That's, that's that's pretty cool. Working with cows, cool sheep. Cool is a different word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what drives me? I I want to be a zoo vet eventually. Yes, ah. that's that's my my goal. So yeah. like started at the zoos and that's I kind of want to end up there. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically, the more the more I see, um, the better. Mm. The more the more different animals, the um, more different cases and that kind of thing, mm. um, the better. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one part. The other part is once you start a case with, with certain clients or animals, there's, um, you're responsible for them. Yeah. Um, whether for better or worse, like if you, um, if you hundred percent know what you're doing or if there's a bit of gray area and you, you don't really, mm. um, you're responsible. So, um, yeah, that, that, that definitely gets you out of the bed. So wanting to check on your animal at work, Fair. see if it's if it's responding to what you're doing, if mm. it's not, um, if you have to call your the owners and be like, look, um, we're not sure what's going on here. You might need to do X, Y, and Z tests or try these different treatments. Mm. Um, yeah, that definitely, that definitely gets you up. Yeah, being for responsible sure. for someone else's pride and joy so okay for like another living being's you know life and well-being yeah yeah and some people are yeah some people elevate their animal to more than a child or, yes. or like a child so it's yeah yeah <laughs> at times it's pressure yeah Fair. yeah, yeah. Okay. what's the hardest case that you've ever had to deal with hardest case yes. um <clears throat> let's see I think I think it's probably the cases where you need to do more, more tests to yep. kind of have a better idea of what's happening mm. but uh, for for you know number of reasons maybe you're not able to do the test to confirm them so um, okay. recently I, I've had one where um, we've got a puppy which uh, a previous owner has has done a blood test and the blood tests are not quite normal and it suggests that there might be a few different conditions that, mm. that the puppy might have. Um, sorry, sorry, so what's wrong with this puppy? What, what symptoms does he have? Well, that's the thing. So oh, you don't know. With the old owner, there's been a bit of trembling. Yeah. With the new owner, there's been... Oh, there's been nothing. Okay. Um, so we've, we've repeated the blood test. We've come up with similar changes. Mm. Um, and it's tricky we're quite we would need to do a lot more tests to kind of figure out what's going on yeah but you don't always have infinite resources to do every test sure. um, and also sometimes it's a bit hard if the puppy's doing well to justify doing more tests more testing yeah. yeah so you treat the animal not necessarily everything else mm. yeah so can I pause for a sec yeah, yeah. Alright, all good. I edit this out. Okay, ruin the fur. Let's <laughs> yeah. uh, keep going. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't always do everything you want. And yeah. as a as a GP um, or a general practitioner, there's a lot you don't know, mm. and there's a lot more that specialists do know mm. in a particular area. Yeah. So a tricky bit as well is you need to know when to say, I don't know, to a client and tell them these are people who probably do know. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's the way to go. That's tough. Yeah. Do you get sometimes maybe a negative reaction if you give the answer of I don't know? Um, 
I think when we've given it early, yeah, mm. um, it's it's been okay. Yeah, mm. um, and when we've tried our best, we th- I think it's okay. And as long as we explain, look, a physical exam, your fingers are not X rays. You you some sometimes you you can't do what a, a test would do. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you explain that to an owner, generally they're okay. Yeah. I think you get into trouble. Uh, when you don't even try, don't even try to do a physical. Yeah, or or okay. or you miss things, or um, you 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 don't offer tests, sure. and which owners might want to do. Yeah, right. Um, or if you don't offer referral, which the owner might wanna wanna pursue as well. Mm. So I think that's probably where where you get into stickier situations. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you want to transition eventually to a zoo vet, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm. <laughs> what How else could you say zoo vet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, a, and maybe I'm speaking from a corporate kind of way, but like, what is the career progression there? Like, is it just keep working no. until you find someone who knows you? Or Good you... question. <laughs> so corporate. No, it's, um, it's, not, it's not super clear. In America, it's a bit more clear. Okay. In America, you do... Um, either a small animal rotating or a large animal rota- uh, internship. Yeah. Okay. And then you do a, a zoo internship mm-hmm. and then you do a residency. Residency is three years to research position and you're, and you're basically studying day. and working at a zoo and yeah, then okay. you take an exam to specialize. Well, that's a pretty long process. Yeah. Um, in Australia, it's a bit less clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have three residencies uh-huh. between us and New Zealand. Wow. Um, By residencies, can you explain what that means? Does that mean yeah. you sort of become like a permanent doctor or permanent vet at a particular institution? So you you study and do research yep. at a zoo for three years under under a specialist. Yeah. Um, and you, you publish papers and basically they prepare you to do your exam. Wow. And, right, okay. Uh, so the zoo needs to prepare a, a program. Oh wow! Basically, yeah. to allow that to happen. Oh yeah. Um, so there's only three in I think Australia, New Zealand, yeah. which is tiny. Um, is, are they attached to particular zoos like Taronga or something like that? Yeah, Taronga oh. doesn't have one um, yet, as far as I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's I think it's Melbourne, Murdoch, and one in Massey or New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, they're the three I know of. Okay. Where's Murdoch? I've never heard of Murdoch. Perth. Oh dang! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, and on top of that, um, I don't think the specialty program in our area is recognised in Europe or America. Oh. Mm. So it's kind of like okay, if you if you pour out all of your hard work, yeah, and then it doesn't really get recognised overseas. Mm. It's a bit limiting yeah, in a sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so, being here, it's a bit flexible so i guess my goal is get as much experience as i can it might involve internships it, it might not mm-hmm. um then residency uh, i'll see yeah i'll see I'll, I'll probably take what i can get um mm. america is is looking good in terms of their programs but not looking good politically so <laughs> sure yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right now. so what is it about 
big animals, like the zoo animals, that really attracts you? And how mm. and how is like taking care of them different to taking care of your small animals at your normal sort of you know vet clinic? Mm. Um, I like um, well the part of the reason I, I love vet is the variety. So uh-huh. probably if I like the variety <coughs> less so and humans a little bit more, maybe uh-huh. I do human medicine. <laughs> um, but I guess something that's shared between your dogs and cats and even your zoo animals is they can't really talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So you, you need to, you need to know what to look for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's important in zoo, you'd need to know very well, um, how to care for each species and maybe how each species lives in the wild. I want to start my spicy question early in this podcast. Like there's often, and I don't follow this very much, but there's often talk about people saying like zoos are inhumane, you know, mm. keeping them in captivity. Mm. Yeah. As someone who wants to work as a zoo vet and someone's, I guess, in the world, animal world, mm. <laughs> like mm. what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, there are good zoos and bad zoos. Oh, okay. Just like good people, bad people. Fair. Um, and I, I, I personally, I think bottom line, zoos are necessary because if you remove them then you you remove a lot of a lot of animals that you wouldn't have otherwise Mm. um and on top of that you would remove a lot of interaction between the public and these wild animals that would otherwise never happen um and it's all well and good telling people like you should support wildlife um uh you know take care of our environment all that kind of thing Mm. but a lot it, it Telling people and, and, and making that click for people it, yeah. are two different things. Yeah. Um, so seeing a, a tiger face to face and then thinking, wow, this is a really beautiful animal. Mm. We have to protect them. Um, or seeing an orangutan and thinking, okay, like um, maybe I should choose which products I use so we don't use palm oil and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that's, that's completely different um, to reading a brochure yeah. or seeing a Facebook post. Mm. Um, so I think to some level, education, community engagement, super important. Um, on, the, on the point of basically breeding programs, um, that's important for our endangered animals. Zoos are one of the biggest places that have basically try and keep animals alive that we're struggling to do um, in the wild. Yeah. Mm. And it's not that simple in the wild as just, you know, just make sure they breed better in the wild because yeah. that's that's the entire mm. struggle a lot of it's uh, political sometimes um it's there's it's business related and they're, they're clearing land and sometimes things are just out of your hands so mm. you start with the things that you can control okay that's um, fascinating yeah so yeah. you the, uh, the argument that i hear often from like the i guess within quotes activists Hmm. is that wild animals belong in the wild, they don't belong in cages, hmm. um, and keeping them there for humans to just sort of look at for their enjoyment is cruel and you know unnecessary. Hmm. But what you're saying is that it is necessary because um, the education and the engagement that it gives to, to the public, and, and that's in fact how you became interested in animals in the first place. You saw Jesus and you saw the magnificence of these animals. Hmm. And furthermore, that in the wild there's a lot of species that are struggling to live, you know, on their own. So if we sort of left them there, they might die out. Hmm. Um, now, I think that's, that's, that's a sort hmm. of perspective that I never really thought about because hmm. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of one of those people which are just sort of like, 
I don't like seeing animals in cages. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of like, I don't know. I felt like it's a bit unnecessary just for like the the, the viewing pleasure of humans. Mm-hmm. But if there's all these sort of other broader sort of purposes behind it, makes a lot of sense mm, yeah and, and there are there are bad zoos where it's cages yeah and mm. they're not feeding the animals properly and yeah. oh. there's no and there's no enrichment so basically day in day out the animal's bored and yeah. it's the same and they uh, can't express natural behaviors yeah that's no that's no good yeah. that's substandard um mm. in in a lot of our um more developed countries there's standards against that yeah mm. you can't have a zoo you can't call it a zoo and have that. No. Um, so that's not acceptable. Mm. Um, but even in even what we might consider good zoos, we're still getting better. Yeah. Um, we're still learning so much about these animals. Mm. So um, it, it it's it's also a little bit tricky. We 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 want higher quality and higher standards, but that takes time and research. Yeah. Um, and basically sometimes that's that's hard to do well straight up yeah mm. yeah have you watched tiger king come on man not yet <laughs> i highly recommend it i haven't seen it i heard Zoom about it has sort of reminded me i watched it like when it was hype mm. it's, it's it's hilarious because it sort of <laughs> gives that sort of insight because what happened is this guy what's his name again joe exotic mm. so they he bred tigers originally for the purpose of bringing them around to like zoos <clears throat> uh, sorry bringing them around to shows and sort of, you know, letting people pet them. And he made a lot of money with um, the baby tigers because they were kind of harmless and he could show them around and do shows with them. But as soon as they got too big and became too dangerous to do shows, they just got put away in their cages. Um, And so that was kind of a big deal. And, you know, Mm. there was another sort of tiger enclosure, you know, Carabaskin, I'm sure you've heard that name. Um, Whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, Who tried to sort of shut him down because that was inhumane when she herself did kind of a similar thing and um. kept tigers in cages so it was just like a big a big thing and sort of like your talk about zoos reminded me of that because it doesn't really fulfill the reasons why you would want to keep animals in captivity like mm. it does nothing for education mm. there's nothing for the um you know well-being of the cats mm. and like I, there was an interesting statistic that they said which was that there was more tigers captive in the u.s than are in the wild anywhere else. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, which is like crazy. mind blowing to me. Like that's mm. not where they naturally live, mm. and there's just hundreds and thousands of them in these cages. Mm. Yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think that's not good. Yeah, I think Australia's good. quite good in. Um, oh, we have a long way to go, but yeah. I think <laughs> I think I think we're quite good in maybe our policy against um, exotic animals, yeah. mm. and it protects our habitat um, for good for good reason mm. um and then we do have licensing for for other other animals like mm. reptiles and um certain birds and that kind of thing yeah um not that they're policed but <laughs> sure. you know it's a start um, i mean eric has a snake yeah speaking yeah. of a snake owner like <laughs> the only snakes you're allowed to buy in australia are native snakes which kind of sucks because we have pretty boring snakes yeah <laughs> don't we have the most poisonous snakes yeah. in the world Look, you don't own those ones. No one's gonna keep one in their house. You could, but you have to. You have to you keep. Have to be like, yeah. You have to keep certain snakes for X number of years, yeah. then more venomous snakes, and then That's more. That's insane. I don't yeah. know why you would want to keep like a red bellied or whatever. Oh, they're really pretty. House. The poisonous snakes are usually the prettiest ones. What if they get out? Just don't. They couldn't kill you. <laughs> don't. That's why you have to own them for a number of years, <laughs> so you have to experience to not let them out. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you think that it's right or even good to for, for normal Joe Blows, I'm not attacking you or anything, but normal yeah. Joe Blows to have exotic animals? No. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, it depends what you mean by exotic. If you, if you mean a pet snake, if you mean a, a pet bearded dragon, or, or mm. a, a, you know, an eclectus parrot, or a cockatoo, all those things, mm. I think those things are fine. Mm. Um, they do need... Uh, some of the most common things, basically, I, I see owners for, yeah. is teaching them how to take care of their, yeah. their exotic animal. Easy, yeah. sure. That's probably 90% of the, the health <laughs> issues are related mm. to husbandry or how to take yeah, care of them yeah yeah um so it just imagine that but with a broader selection of species mm. that are not not native to here yeah and yeah. then the other thing is um these animals get unintentionally released and then yeah we have issues uh, yeah. so wreck havoc yeah i've heard yeah. of um I, I keep saying this to people like, somewhere in america i forgot where i think it's called everglades uh, where florida people, yeah florida yeah where people like <laughs> They had, I think, a bunch of, like, big snakes, like, boa constrictors, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they would just, like, release them to the wild, hmm. and so it's gone to a point where that animal used to, that place used to be full of, like, a huge, rich diversity of animals, there used to be deer and stuff like that, the entire place extinct, hmm. like, because every animal snakes. except for, um, I think, crocodiles, or if alligators, I know what they have in America, oh. and, and snakes, they're the only yeah. two things that live there. Or the squirrels or the deer, everything's just been eaten out. By a boa constrictor can eat a deer. No, so not not just one boa constrictor. <laughs> I don't know how big is this snake. No, so the breed, so there's like there's a whole bunch out there. I think they have like guanas. No, no, was a guana or something as well? Like some kind of lizard there. Iguana was another place. Oh, it's another place? I think, but yeah, like they've I'm just taken sure. over the whole place. Like every other animal is extinct, and there's some kind of low key war between the crocodiles and the, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the crocodiles. Because the, the only animals the left, so they're gonna <laughs> eat each other. Have you heard of the Great Emu War? I think no. I've heard of this name before. Yeah. I, I thought it was too dumb, so I didn't click into it. But... Oh, it's fascinating. There's a Wikipedia. I'll pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> 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 we don't have a Jamie just yet. You're not so, that big. I read about this. I watched a YouTube video on it. So apparently in like, I don't know, the 50s or the 60s or sometime when Australia was a bit more like outback. Mm. Um, in Western Australia or something, there was like a, a pesky emu problem. Like mm. pests, they were pesting the, the, the farmers or something. And so I think the Australian army got involved. Oh like my the gosh. government was like, oh, I think I've heard this. This is a problem. <laughs> and so the army got involved and they got Gatlin guns on the back of trucks. Oh my gosh. soldiers and went and hunted emus. And if you go into the Wikipedia article, do you have internet now? Yeah, Just look, like, <laughs> keep going. We trust it you. Up, it goes... Um, you know on the side of a Wikipedia article it goes combatants yeah Australian uh, uh, the Royal Australian Commonwealth of Australia yeah belligerents or whatever emus <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> forces 20 Australian trucks or whatever with gatling guns 10,000 emus <laughs> result they gave up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know what? You know what? You know it's so peace, peace time when people are bringing Gatling yeah. guns <laughs> and shooting emus. <laughs> yo, well, yo, let me tell you, emus—they're like one of the like most dumb, smart animals I've ever worked oh, with. Really? How? Yeah. Um, I heard they're asses. Yeah, like, they're, they're really <laughs> like so. Ooh, uh, all these big birds are just all the asses. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I was on a placement and um, we feed some of the the, the carnivorous birds, uh, mm. day old chicks. Yeah. Um, so we we have a bucket of them that you know we're walking around the enclosures and we're about to feed them. Mm. Meanwhile, we have like two emus that are just like hovering and running around us, like <laughs> doing the doing the UFC head movements <laughs> <laughs> for for no reason. Um. 
And when we're not looking, like we're gonna go open a cage or something like that, yeah. like they sneak their head between your elbow and your wow. and, and your hip uh-huh. through the bucket, pull it, and they grab the chick and they run away. <laughs> That's so cute. We can eat it. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, are emus carnivorous? They eat meat. No. Oh. What are, they, what? what are they doing with these? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Wait, so did they end up eating it? They're just playing with it. No, they eat it. What? <laughs> Do you not know what's going on? Aren't they really dangerous? I heard like, I know ostriches, for example, are very dangerous. Are humans dangerous? Uh, they can be, but uh, from the most part, what I've seen there, they, they don't want they don't want trouble. Oh. Is it because yeah. they're more like domesticated because they're zoo? Or like are wild animals, uh, emus more dangerous I think they're just a bit derpy if you ran across oh. a cassowary um, that's much more much more dangerous so the, dangerous. the helmeted ones yeah. oh yeah yeah um, I heard it's like the claws on the feet like they have just yeah. one massive spike on the well they're, they're all long so if they and, and their legs are strong so yeah. if, they, if they cut you then yeah they can open you up yeah you gotta check that dang mm. um, but if you guys if you guys want some spice mm. um, I love spice so I think my, my trip to South Africa, that was one of the most eye-opening things. Yes, that's it. Yeah, um, did go. And it made me, or it made me question and value a lot of things about yeah. being here in Australia. But I always had this perception that like, you go to South Africa, it's like savannah everywhere, <laughs> and you're driving across savannah to go from city to city. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's, it's the scene oh, of no? the Lion King. Nope. Oh. It's, it's literally maybe pockets of of savannah at oh, national really? parks and, yeah. and that kind of thing and people everywhere oh really yeah. in the savannas yeah so there's no it's, it's it's cleared or or village type or, yeah. or city um yeah so that was that was the first thing so um and and i always thought oh like you know so I, I thought I thought okay there'd be animals everywhere like you know you're mm. if you're just walking around the village and the, and you're not careful a lion will come and eat you like, <laughs> that's what I thought so I was so Wait, excited like I was excited yes where's was, my lion coming for me so, dude my my friends were silly they were like yo Stephen like if you were to fight a lion how, <laughs> how, how, would, you how would you how would you like what technique would you use to defeat <laughs> the lion? <laughs> Yo, exactly. Like, <laughs> Let's go. The triangle. <laughs> if, if you were the, in the ocean with the great white shark, what would you do to escape? You would just die. <laughs> 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 and I was, I was young. I was, I was in high school. So I, I'd look at him and be like, Yo, you, you know, bro, like, you know, I'd first, I'd like try and grab him by the gills. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd, like, poke him in the eye. <laughs> Leg kick, <laughs> no, sweep his legs off. Yeah. I think about it now, it's just, I think it's just GG. But, uh, <laughs> so, it's so GG. I've seen them, they're massive. Yeah. So, uh, I went to Africa and it was this complete perception shift yeah. after I went. Um, and then I started looking at how they had animals. Mm. And animals are kept, wild animals, so buffalo, lions, deer, all those kinds of things. They're mainly kept in one of two situations. Mm-hmm. They're either kept... Um, privately by people or for tourism. Mm. Oh, okay. Now, basically, they're, they're kept if you can make money off them. Oh. Basically, that's how they're kept. So, tourism, that will require money to put in, like infrastructure, jeeps to drive around, mm. heaps of things to set up, basically. Yeah. Um, so, then that means a lot of owners had them for other reasons, which, which would be hunting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard that's pretty big down there. Yeah, so basically that's, those are the two main ways people made money of having animals on their land. Mm. Otherwise, they'd farm and they'd kill the wildlife. 
sure that's yeah. that's the reality yeah. so um yeah so that was that was that was the tough thing so then mm. you you it makes you question it's a similar thing we talked about with zoos yeah okay mm. because it's not ideal do you just completely get rid of the hunting industry mm. and then okay no one wants to have animals on their land mm. or do you keep it even though it's not yeah. ideal um and the other thing is it, it makes you think okay just because animals are uh, endangered in one place doesn't mean they're endangered everywhere so yeah, yeah. the example i i know is kruger national park when we went um ele- african elephants are endangered in most countries of africa mm-hmm. um in kruger national park there's over 20,000 much way over 20,000 okay. um now they noticed that after they exceeded 8,000 elephants, hmm. they started losing a lot of different plant species oh, and it was oh. a lot harder to manage a lot of the other animal species yeah. because they depend on the plant it's too diversity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And elephants aren't, they're not like a, a gentle species. They literally knock down a tree. Yeah, they're, they're pretty aggressive. <laughs> take its bark. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that kind of flipped everything on my head. It, it, it made me think, okay, Kruger National Park, it's in reality, yes, it's a national park, but it's more of a big zoo. Yeah. You're managing yeah. a limited space. These animals used to migrate across countries. Mm. That's literally what they mm. were. So managing them in that very large area is still tiny. Mm. Um, and it's not as simple as just, yeah, keep all the elephants alive mm. because you you have to think about more than one species. Yeah. So that is my... That is my spicy take is mm. it's conservation is not easy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the times it starts <laughs> with people problems. Yeah. Um, and then it ends up as animal problems and it's not so easy to say, just don't have a zoo. Mm. Sure. Yeah. But then what would happen because there's 12,000 more elephants in this space and there should be. Mm. So what happens to those elephants? How do we manage that? You would need to cull. And is that done through like recreational hunting or just they just go out and kill it? Uh, it'd probably be done by park rangers. Yeah. Um, mm. The other thing that was actually very interesting is a lot of the people I spoke to there, they advocated for legalizing ivory and keratin horn okay. in rhinos. Yeah. Now, they wanted to legalize it because they could harvest it yeah. without, without killing the animal. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and also, it would flood. A, a, it would basically saturate a market with supply, and it would yes. drop the value. Sure. Ah, okay. oh, so people won't start, uh, won't hunt the actual ones in the endangered areas. Exactly. So, oh. what 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 benefit would a, a a poacher have of hunting a whole rhino with all this risk of jail time, being shot, all this kind of thing, mm. if it's not worth that much? True. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's that's. That was another aside. And probably the people problem that yeah. it sometimes stems from yeah. is poverty. You yeah. have you have regular Joe who's just, you know, he just wants to put a meal on the table for his family. Yeah. Mm. So going out and shooting shooting something is, it's... What he can do that's to all, provide. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, okay. it's often, like, yeah, I, I like your point of view as well because it's often way more complex than... That you often hear in the media like for example with the ivory thing right if that actually came into act 
all we people would hear was like, oh, wow, these corrupt South American governments have legalized ivory trading mm. and whatnot. Whereas it's a lot more complicated than that. You actually have efforts to conserve, uh, for conservatism um, that may not sound good and may be a bit more stu- stickier, but has mm. a longer, better um, result. Yeah, and people there, there for sure would be people that you know harvest these things poorly, mm. yeah. and with poor welfare and that kind of thing. So you do need good laws. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like national parks now are just spending heaps on rhino surveillance just so that they don't mm. get shot. Yeah. If you spend the same money on, if you didn't have to do that, it would, the money could go to a lot of other good things. Yeah. And and like if a rhino's horn's already been cut off by the proper you know people. The poachers won't shoot it. Theoretically, yeah. uh, as it is now, they'll even shoot the rhino for that Lunch. little stump at the oh, base. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! How much is ivory worth? Is it that valuable? It's very expensive. I'm not sure. Is it just for Chinese medicine? <laughs> what do they want it for? I think so. Is it just Chinese? Medicine? I think I think ivory's. Um, I think it's used for other things like luxury items yeah. and Chinese medicine. Yeah. I think keratin was mainly Chinese medicine. Yeah. Because like if you just want to get the stump, I can I can understand. I don't agree with it, but I can understand if you want a big ass rhino horn for your living room, it might <laughs> look very beautiful or whatever. But if it's just the stump, like what's the value? Hmm. It's kind of just like a sliver. Yeah. Well, I guess they're massive. Like a stump mm. to like it's called a stump, but it's probably still like yeah, a big a chunk. Size, yeah. I yeah. think they say it's like aphrodisiacs and like weird things. Oh. Like I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you what what black market animal products what what the what the rationale behind that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating the point that you bring up because it's so different in Australia where the second you leave the built up areas, oh my, there's like natural mm. the wildlife is everywhere. Mm. Like you will see kangaroos running across the road, you know wombats across the road, all yeah. this other stuff. There's just so many of them, mm. and like. I would have, you know, imagined the same thing as you, which is that, like, if you go outside of the built-up areas in Africa, you'll be the same or even better. You know, you see elephants everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, I guess my question then is, what is different or what has happened differently in the history of our countries mm. so that Africa, which has, you know, its great wealth of animals, has got nothing on the side of the road, whereas, you know, if you go in the dark driving to Newcastle, You'll hit a kangaroo, like three kangaroos. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I think it's a few things. Um, first of all, they have a lot of bigger animals. Yeah. And oh, and those bigger animals, they They're destructive. Yeah, and and they roamed countries. Like yes. that was literally their their they, their migration patterns would span from South Africa and go all the way up mid Africa and then yeah. back down again. Damn. Okay. So when you have a city, it's not just like, oh yeah, I'll go around. It's like oh, they, they, they literally like Wait. you have countries and settlements and all that kind of thing, roads, yeah. all of that, that literally blocks entire previous migration paths. Sure. Oh. Um, so that that's one thing. Yeah. Other thing is um, poaching's big and it's not, it's not, it's, yes, some of it is bad people. Some of it is just hungry people. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's a thing. Mm. Um, and civil unrest, so wartime. Ah, uh, yeah. They've got no time to just chill. Mm. Uh, wait for elephants to pass before they start shooting. <laughs> mm. yeah. And their population is many, many, many times more than Australia. Australia. So oh, okay. we're very, uh, I think, yeah, we're very blessed here. I, I mm. yeah. yeah. Which 
On to, I guess, a more trivia-based kind of stuff. <laughs> we will slowly narrow it down, but I guess mm. where... If you had a choice to live in, like, a continent or a country based on their wildlife, mm. where would you go? That's a good question. Um, hmm. <clears throat> oh, that's a very good question. To add an extra point to it, like, um, both the current kind of modernization... So you know how, like, for example, in South America, there's a difference between the wildlife there now versus like before, I guess, human civilization. Mm. Like both both points. Where would you like to be back in the days before we ruined it, and nowadays after we've ruined it? Mm. <laughs> okay, I think I've always like wanted to go to the Amazon. Ooh, and sounds about right. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, had a had a thing for like you know like. The vibes of the Indiana Jones movies or, jo- or Jumanji, and like all that kind exactly of thing. Exactly what it's like. Yo, yo. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I'd always thought that was sick. And yeah. tree houses. I don't know why, but tree houses. Oh yeah. Um, You're a tree house kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would be cool. So, probably, then I'd I'd probably say Amazon. Oh yeah. Uh, Amazon nowadays isn't that different though, is it? Like I've heard there's a lot of Amazon areas mm-hmm. where. It's un- untouched by us. We don't even know what's in there. There's like legit tribes in there that have never met us before, from what I've heard. Mm. And my sources. Uh, you barbarians. <laughs> yeah. I'm we, not going to have a very good case of my barbarians out there. But, <laughs> but you know, the biggest rates of deforestation in mm. the world are Brazil, the Amazon. Yeah. And then second is Queensland. Damn. Queensland. I didn't yeah. know about Queensland. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then nowadays, working with wildlife. I don't know. Oh. Kind of like here, to Australia? be honest. Yeah. What do we yeah. have? Kangaroos, mate. I, I like the I like the, the Aussie lifestyle where you know you don't get judged for walking out in thongs and, <laughs> and, and walking out in, in, your, in your khakis and Fair. and um yeah. Would you really want to be in thongs though, even in a zoo? No, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, but it's I, I don't know. I just I like Australia. I, yeah. It's 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 busy, but not 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 really too busy. There's yeah. Um, and we do have things that can kill us, which is pretty cool. And like, mm. yeah. again, exactly very, right use very different yeah. <laughs> concepts of cool. Yeah, and it's not it's not quite as um, it doesn't quite have as many issues here as maybe other countries. Mm. Africa's pretty cool, but I think the 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 civil side maybe oh, yeah, that's true. made me not prepared to deal with that. Hide in Amazon, still never find you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you reckon are maybe the problems that uniquely face the Australian environment, animals-wise? Mm. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Uh, where shall we start? I think we can we can start with habitat loss. That's probably the biggest mm. one. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I probably think that's that's one of the biggest ones. So, um, development. Mm. development of areas that was previously um, wild yeah. mm. and fragmentation of those wild areas so um, what do you mean by fragmentation so even if you preserve a, a certain space mm-hmm. that space used to be connected ah. um, so similar to kind of your migration thing like animals need to like move around or they, I guess they depend mm. on like just the biology of a different area. Yeah, so there's there's a big effect, and okay. and we have a lots of feral animals. That's mm. probably the other one. Yeah. So rabbits, camels, pigs, 
horses, cats, mm. foxes. Um, so if you can imagine, just like all of these animals, none of them were here, mm. and they kind of just do what they want because they either outbreed everything or they're so big they eat everything mm-hmm. or they're carnivorous and a lot of our wildlife never evolved to deal with them. Mm. Right, right, right. And then if you combine that with maybe a fragmented fragmented mm-hmm. wild areas, then it's even yeah. harder. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's probably the other one. So uh, what are some examples? We have koalas with chlamydia. Um, that, I've heard a lot about wait, is the, that an us thing or is that a them thing <laughs> like, oh, well, the koalas or us like them having chlamydia did we do anything to give them chlamydia no but it's just harder to deal with now um, I, I think oh, I might have to fact check this yeah. but I believe out of the 50 something species of eucalypt koalas eat around 4 oh wow. why why I don't know I've heard that koalas are the dumbest animals <laughs> like they're just so dumb they're slow. They're they're very they're very slow. So um, intelligence can maybe can be measured a number of ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I presume that the more intelligent animals they have more surface area in their brain. Yeah. I've heard um, this. Yeah. Koalas have very flat, non wrinkly oh, no. brains, but I, I don't work with them currently, <laughs> so I can't speak on their intelligence. Um, that that's that's one disease. That's an example of a disease issue. But I want to go back to that. Yeah. Are they just very promiscuous animals? Like, what? How did... <laughs> like, how did they all have chlamydia? Like, it's not something you born yeah. with, is it? Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's, it's to do with their, their populations and then basically where they're, where they're <laughs> distributed and it just, it just so happens that it spreads. But that doesn't really explain quickly. it. <laughs> how, 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 how they have chlamydia. Yeah, like, but- It's sexually transmitted. But do they just... So they pass it on every time they breed. And so they do all just breed with each other? Like, they seem like mm. they spend all their time asleep. Yeah, like... I, oh. How does it get around to everybody? Like, it oh. seems a little bit... One male can breed with a few females. Right. Speci- okay, narrow down a few to, like, I guess a number range. Oh, so, I don't know. I'd have to fact check. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they are kind of promiscuous. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes more That's sense. the takeaway here. Yeah. And they're not like humans where you can sort of control it. Like a promiscuous human can sort of, you know, manage the chlamydia. Mm. Sure. <laughs> but a koala just gets it and that's, that's it. I've heard yeah. you can't, you shouldn't touch a koala because what? they're all just riddled with chlamydia. And we'll get chlamydia from them? Well, I mean, it's not. I think it's a it's different chlamydia species. Yeah, I don't think oh. that, Yeah, I don't think that's how chlamydia works. Then how did I hear, like, if you, you, you can't... You should know. be careful with wildlife in general. Yeah, you just, yeah. just don't touch them. Yeah, unless you're wise or someone that's trained, you should probably call someone. Yeah. 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 Um, koalas are an example. Um, a lot of our birds. Um, I think our honey eaters. Uh, I'm forgetting their name now. Um, our uh, our coral, the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. dead now, isn't it? Uh, a large portion of it. Now, as to what the actual cause is, like, you know, uh, it's broad, complex, mm. and, um, but yeah, I think human, human activity, even just, just the amount of time we drive around there mm. in, in boats. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's big. Yeah. Mm. I think after this COVID thing, when everything stopped, um, th- there's been some crazy stuff, like hundreds of turtles flocking back to beaches. Damn. Because no one's going back to 
beaches to bother them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's been crazy. It's kind of been like a short little um. Like, you know those apocalyptic movies where all the humans are dead? Yeah. yeah. And nature takes over? Yeah. Like, a little glimpse into that. Oh, okay. But once COVID finishes, do you reckon there's any chance that it'll continue to flourish? Hmm. Well, people I, will come back. Okay. Well, I think there's a... Um, maybe it's a, it's a reminder that we can do better. Yeah, mm. sure. Maybe. People are greedy, though. They're going to see the hundreds of turtles and be like, oh, we could have more tourists. Yeah, if this was China, they'll just be like, oh, so this is how we hunt them. (laughs) 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 We'll leave them alone for a couple of days. They'll come back out. (laughs) And then we go dinner. (laughs) Well, there were were entire festivals around like hunting whales and dolphins that used to like, they'd come into a certain port. Oh my. Time of year. And then. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a hot take on things like this. And correct me because this is not a super well thought out thing. But, I, like, for me, I feel like maybe we spend a little bit too much effort on trying to conserve animals. And, like, for example, we're talking about, mm. like, dumb koalas. And my, my best example is pandas. From what I've heard, these animals <laughs> should not exist. Like, they should have died out ages ago. Like, apparently, they don't even want to breed with each other. The, from what I've heard, pandas aren't even supposed to eat bamboo. Their digestive systems aren't, aren't built to eat bamboo. They're supposed to be carnivorous. But somehow, they've adapted. Uh, they've grown something in their taste buds where they don't like the taste of meat anymore. <laughs> So they eat bamboo, which is not nutritious to them. Like this species, if it weren't for human intervention, should have died out. Well, like, I think I think um, a lot of these species, if we just had the space and let them do their thing, mm. they'd be fine. They'd be fine, but like that's, that's kind of natural progression, right? Like things happen in the world, and some animals die, and some animals live, and that's just like in the year we say we're in a mass extinction now, but we've had mass extinctions before. Mm. Unless like all life disappears, like down the road, there'll there'll still be animals. Yeah, I like, think it's that the potential is that I don't think there's much that can knock us off. Off the top? Like, yeah. Out of the human, yeah. Well, I then, think like, we'll, we'll just, just have a. Going. Well, there'll still be biology around the human life, right? There'll just probably be rats and, like, whatnot. Like, yeah. There won't be the amazing elephants and mm. lions. Like, we'll have the beautiful nature. Mm. But if we're leaving with the world to live out its natural progression like it has always and not intervened, um, like, that, that's just how the world works, right? Like, that's how nature works in general. Like, things happen and those who that can't survive in that world die out and the ones who can prosper yes but then that brings the question is that what you want mm. but I think that so I get what you mean so like, I definitely for example I love animals like mm. I, I watch David Attenborough again I'm a filthy casual yeah. <laughs> so I'm not nearly like the level of you are but like I, like, I, I, I enjoy it but I think the way I guess the climate of the discussion of this is it, everyone comes at it as a right and wrong like you are the scum of the earth if you don't try to preserve animals and like you are a immoral human being whereas I agree with you where it's like oh, I would like to have that there to be a beautiful diversity of animals but that's not a moral immoral thing that's a preference thing and if anything we're projecting our views of what's what's amazing out onto what's na- what is nature I think it depends on how philosophical you want to get. So if if at the core you believe there's an objective moral right and wrong or a moral good, mm. then I think it's about more than whoever's stronger and the, the, the natural progression. Mm. Because if that's the case, then with humans, it was it's the same. Fair. It's whoever's stronger who is more powerful it's you kill 
you you rape you pillage you mm-hmm. and that's how the stronger evolve Fair. but i think and this is even talking to other people is mm. they i think they don't think there's an objective moral overall good or at least they argue that there's not okay and yet when these injustices happen they argue like mm. there is yeah they argue like how can you believe that surely you can see that's wrong Mm. Yeah. And I think that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I think either that applies in our human lives too, mm-hmm. or it doesn't apply at all. Okay. So I think, yeah, probably, and, and it would extend to animals. I think we have a lot of power mm-hmm. and possible restraint. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's good, we should exercise it. Um, yeah. So I think probably the deeper question behind that, and even for, even for our viewers, um, <laughs> is do do you believe that there is an objective moral good, mm. or do you just do you just are you kind of just deciding that on your own based on what suits you? So interesting. Mm. I think the issue for me in this sort of argument is. Why are these animals dying? Uh, or why is these environments degrading? If it's because of human greed and excess, then I think that is objectively wrong. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> it's true that humans have sort of like a society as a standard of morals. I believe objectively there is good and right and wrong, right? Mm. And so the concept of the strong can uh, do whatever they want and trample on the weak, I mm. think is objectively wrong. Mm-hmm. So for me, that extends to animals as well, whereby sort of humans have kind of the ability to take care of nature alongside with, you know, also taking care of themselves. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, you can go too far. Like you need your farmland or whatever to provide for your society, mm-hmm. but you can also go too far and, and sort of be greedy and, and, and take over all these places mm-hmm. and, and do it just to... Go to ex- uh, be excessive for the sake of money and stuff, mm. and so that's I think where you have to draw the line. But like that's again very subjective. So what is excess? Mm. You know mm. that's subjective. Mm. Um, and you know maybe one zoo is really great for education, but maybe five zoos is not necessary mm. or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a hard line to draw. Mm. And for like you know joblers like me that don't really know much about nature and the environment like it's just kind of like a i I don't it's arbitrary Mm. like the line where i would draw it's just kind of like oh i think that's enough Mm. but really Mm. i don't know um but like i don't feel a sense of like loss if like an animal species go extinct like i don't really i'm not invested in animals i don't particularly care Mm. or or, or would never have seen this animal but like if i still hear that oh this woodpecker got extinct i'm just like oh that's sad (laughs) like you know and and it's because humans have encroached in their environment so much Mm. now that they're extinct they wouldn't have gone extinct without Mm. us Mm. so it's like yeah well that's partly why zoos are important yeah so um yeah, we to probably wouldn't these kind of joe blows that, <laughs> to show these yeah. joe blows what's missing. This woodpecker is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Like it's almost like that wonder that 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 I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Like you don't see it, you're not around it, then you lose it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I have one last potential question. We have about uh, five more minutes left. Okay, that was flew uh, by. Yeah, it's so 55 minutes. Flew uh, by like a woodpecker. Yeah. Oh, do, you believe, do you believe in aliens? 
Uh, dude, that's Aliens. not the last question. Yes, I have to ask you. Alright, do, do you believe in aliens? aliens? Me, yes. personally, yes. Like life on other planets? Yes, just just like. Do you believe in like, there's life on other planets? Possible. Ah, are you the first? I think you're the first one that said yes. Oh really? Yeah, I believe there could be. I think there is. Well, I can't. I can't rule it out. Yes. So, I don't know. Could yeah. be. We've asked this of everyone, I'm pretty sure. No, well, you've asked this of two people. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to remember to ask everyone. Sample size. <laughs> and this is not the last question. <laughs> all, right, all right, what's your last the question? The last question I had was... Uh, so you mentioned earlier about uh, objective right and wrong in terms of... Like, especially in, this, in the topic of, um, I guess, treating animals, I guess, with the I guess respect and um, objective moral rights as we would with, the human, with humans. Because I mean, you wouldn't treat humans as beneath you just because you're stronger than them and just saying you don't want to treat the same with animals um, and I, I try to draw a little bit of, of like the Christian aspect because most I guess including you are from our church hmm. um, how do you feel that kind of objective morality um, is shaped by your faith like do, does hmm. that um, hmm. cross over to animals because I know it's, it's a little bit more of a tricky topic with uh, the Christian faith because I think biblically speaking there's an argument that animals are beneath us for example I, I, from what I understand, you disagree with this, so I want to hear from this side. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. So, um, I do think animals are not humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do agree that there's a distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think from from what we believe in Genesis mm-hmm. um, is that God gave us a responsibility mm. to steward mm-hmm. his creation. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah he also says dominate it um so but i think with that um we look to his example with Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. so i think god's relationship with us which basically the the entire premise of the gospel and what we believe is jesus in very nature god he didn't take his godness Mm. and exploit that but rather he sacrifice that um to to save us for our benefit yeah so i think that's the model a kind of we have mm. and it's the same model of leadership you know we're taught with um how to deal with each other right okay. it's like uh wash each other's feet um there's no greater love than to you know give your life for your brother so i think that's kind of the model of leadership set um mm. so for me personally when um I look at Genesis and how we're supposed to steward the earth. Mm-hmm. I think we're also supposed to do that um, similarly to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I think for more than more than just our benefit. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think there do need. So yeah, I think there do need to be restraints a little bit. Having said that, um, I I. On a regular basis, you know, in the vet profession, we have to euthanize animals. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do that to a person. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, it's not the same to me. Um, my, if something was happening to a member of my family, that would impact me infinitely more mm. than you, uh, uh, maybe a, a pet or an animal would. Mm. Um, and I think most people, that's that's also true. Yeah. Um, no matter what they say, I think there's there's p- 
people that they just hold that love for. Mm. Um, so I, I do think there's a difference mm-hmm. between people and animals, um, whether it's intelligence and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think responsibility goes as well. I think with great power comes Amen. great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. That's, that's really interesting. That's a really like considered answer. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. I definitely agree with you. Like, I love my dog to bits. Shout mm. out to Zuzu the dog. Mm. But <laughs> no one else left. Shout out to Zuzu. <laughs> your, your dog is an actual demon. <laughs> it hates everybody. He's my little baby. <laughs> and I love him to bits. But like, and he's a he's a member of my family. He's just like my little brother. But like, mm-hmm. you know, my human family would sort of take precedence. I love them more. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, it's it's a really hard it's a really hard thing to separate that because humans I think have an incredible sort of ability to, to love and care for and have empathy for animals mm. but at the end of the day yeah I, I, I reckon for me at least human relationships supersede that mm. yeah okay. well on that note um, I think that's our time that's an hour and 38 seconds damn right on the right on the dot yeah nice um, honestly I'm, this is very interesting I did not mm. expect uh, this podcast to go down this route <laughs> just be like have you heard that orcas have their own culture <laughs> yo they do though killer whales are my absolute favourite animals but <laughs> you're dressed like a killer whale today hey man <laughs> why are you doing me like Wild this if you ask me which animal I would be I would say killer whale right Damn, dude they're so God. cool I heard they have like different dialects yeah. like different different um, like pods of killer whales I guess communicate in a different dialect so they can't really mm. necessarily understand anyways there's this <laughs> episode 2 but yeah like nah, instead we went down this like political route and whatnot. like not yeah like on the deeper I guess understanding of what would you call it? Animal rights? Animal conservation? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, it's conservation. Yeah. 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 Issues we've got. Yeah. I, I, I love that. That was really interesting. I learned a lot more um, than I thought I would. <laughs> About like, not to say like the other stuff isn't important, but this is, this is definitely a lot deeper than I thought, which is really interesting. I like it. Mm. Same here. Um, yeah. Learned a lot. Yeah. Well, once again, at the end of every podcast, we give uh, <laughs> our guests an opportunity to promote something of their own, <laughs> if yeah, you'd like. You'd like to plug. Like, for example, Kentis the dentist uh, plugged his uh, dentistry practice and whatnot. Is there anything you would like to, I guess, advertise Ooh. to our millions of viewers out there? Yes, we've got to millions. We're in five different countries. Moving on. <laughs> what should I promote? Okay, shout out to your pets. Hey, nice. Make Zuzu sure the dog. Hey, to, to the Zuzus and the uh, Boos no and, and, and the Chichis out there. Um, all you clients, look up how to take care of your animals. So I have to do less work in the hey. clinic. Thank you very much. Yo. Um, yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for your time, Stephen. Had a great time. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye.